Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. This is episode number 49, in which I'm going to let you know what happened to the little experiment that I held this summer, in which I did not work. That's right, just didn't work during the summer. I wanted to see what happened, and now I know what happened, and I'm going to tell you about it, because I hate it when people are like, I have this big experiment, and they talk about it, and then you never hear about it again. It's like, did it just not go well, and you don't want to share what happened? So I want to share what happened. But first, a very happy spooky season to all of you. If you're here and you are, I assume that you're also very happy that it's spooky season. Happy October. It is finally time. Time for you to take off your costumes and be yourself. And (laughs) I mean, hopefully you're yourself all year long. But I know a lot of people, myself included, Uh, It just feels easier to be yourself in October because people assume that you are preparing for Halloween. Also, it's just fun. It's just fun. This is also your courtesy call for all of you who have gigs lined up towards the end of the month in particular, or maybe all month. I don't know how hard you're grinding these days, but uh, look up your contracts, review your contracts, make sure your schedule is up to date and that you haven't done a whoopsie boo and marked a different date down or a different time or the wrong venue. Just like have your shit together so that the rest of your month goes swimmingly and you get to go forth in all your monstrous glory and get paid. I'm bringing that up because I did that today. I have, (laughs) I classically double booked myself for the 28th of October. Didn't mean to. I had an inquiry very early in the year around April um, from, from pet helpers pet helpers you guys and I'm like yes I want to do a gig for pet helpers they're calling it the fur ball and it's a fundraiser and it's a masked fundraiser like are you just hitting all of my buttons right now because yes I want to do this gig and here's a little side action for you um for all of you who do gig work and uh, especially those of you who self-produce and so you're interfacing directly with the clients you're pitching the event, you're setting the price or whatever. Uh, Don't assume that a fundraiser doesn't have money. Okay. They had to rent the room. They usually have to get catering. Um, Like if, if other people are being paid, you also deserve to be paid. Like I see that all the time. People are like, well, it's a fundraiser. Also, it's a nonprofit. That is definitely true. Also, I have a family member who works in nonprofit and makes multiple six figures. So just let that sink in a little bit. Fundraiser and nonprofit does not mean that there's no money. That does not mean that there's no money. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But don't be, you know, pitching low just because it's a fundraiser or a nonprofit. Um, in this particular instance, money was actually really quite tight and they were trying to, uh, you know, every every penny uh, was needed for the animals. So I did offer a nonprofit discount. I don't always, um, but they made it clear and I was in a position to grant that to them. So I gave them a 15% discount. 15% is my 
nonprofit discount if there is not, you know, vast stores of money sitting around somewhere, um, you know, waiting to be spent. And there oftentimes are, but there wasn't. Um, so I thought I'd share that 15% is the discount I give um, if something is a nonprofit or a fundraiser. And if they can't pay that, then they're better, better off working with someone else. Because that's my bottom line, and I don't go underneath my bottom line. Or I get grumpy. Why would I get grumpy? Why would I work to get grumpy? I don't want to do that. I already did that. I don't want to do that anymore. But very excited to perform for them. Um, I am planning on blowing up a large photo of my cat, Bernie. I don't know that Pet Helpers is who spayed her. Um, I know that at some point during her feral life, she was captured and spayed and released because her ear is tagged and she's never gotten knocked up and you know she's of she's of age to be getting knocked up and spitting out kittens but she hasn't done so which means someone spayed her and whether or not it was pet helpers it was someone like that and I am grateful to them so I accepted that gig um, completely not thinking about the fact that I had performed for this lovely couple in their spectacular Halloween party the year before. And they were like, we want you back next year. And I was like, okay, totally forgot. And then I booked myself with pet helpers, but that's no problem. You know, like they were super lovely about it. And I found uh, some artists, some local artists. Y'all know who you are. You're amazing. And I'm so glad to have you on the team and they'll be going. I'm not even going to be there. I'm not even going to be there. But that's what I was doing all morning. It's like reviewing contracts, making sure everyone's on the same page. Being like, what you going to do for your costume? Shit like that. So this is my courtesy reminder to all of you. Look over your Halloween gig contracts. Make sure your shit's together. So on to the point of this episode. You may recall early in the summer, uh, I had been grumpy the summer before because I felt like I didn't get summer because I, I worked a lot and I found myself behind the computer a lot. And even though I love my work very much, I mean, I invented it, you know, like I work for myself. Um, but I was like, I, I don't want to do that this year. I think I want to see what happens if I don't hold a cycle of the Audacity Project in the summer and I only hold two a year. What would that be like? So I'll hold one in the spring. I'll hold one in the fall. I'll perform when I can. Uh, and, you know, you do this and that here and there. It's the life of a freelancer. But not holding a cycle during the summer would mean that at least May and June would be quite free. It also meant that I was able to go to Ireland for the Irish Aerial Dance Festival, uh, which is totally work. My God. Yes, it is. But it's also just spectacular and amazing. So I did that. And here I am reporting back to you what happens... If you don't work for several months, this is what happened to me. I ran out of money. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to pause and laugh. <sighs> okay, I totally just sitting in my office laughing because I find it hilarious. Um, yeah, surprise in that experiment where I just didn't work uh, this summer. I, I held a couple of um, of webinars and I brought guests in and that was, you know, that was awesome. But it's, it's not a living wage. So I knew that I was not earning a living wage for the summer months. And I didn't make any other adjustments to what I was doing because that was the point of the experiment. I wanted to see what would happen if I just carried on as normal, just bought groceries as usual, 
went where I wanted to go, go to the movies, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a shopper, so I don't spend a lot of money. Like, by far, the thing that is most expensive to me is food. And round about the end of August, I like my credit card bill was due. I usually pay my credit card off every week because I just I don't want to think about it. And I don't want the automatic thing because it never pays the whole balance. So I just pay it off every Friday. I pay it off. And I went to go do that. I'm like, oh, shit, I ran out of money. Uh, interesting. Okay, well, that happened. Um, and uh, by running out of money, I don't mean that I was fucking bankrupt. You know, um, I have money allocated in different accounts. I have money saved up for taxes. I have money saved up for uh, a large project that I'm working on for Patreon. And I have like a generalized savings account. Um, That's really helpful for me to have different accounts with money squirreled away in them so that I don't look at my checking account and go like, woohoo, I'm wealthy beyond measure. I can just go buy a pony. Didn't do that. But what that did mean was that I had funds available to transfer over uh, to cover my expenses for, you know, a couple of months until uh, until it was time for me to launch the Audacity Project again, which is my main source of income. And so I find the whole thing pretty hilarious because um, I was genuinely surprised that I that I ran out of money, like in, in my personal checking where I, you know, I pay myself a certain percentage of what I make. I use the profit first model of doing that. I'll put a link in the show notes about that. If you've never heard of Profit First and you're a self-employed entrepreneur, I highly advise it. Uh, Not that this episode is like very indicative of its success, but it has like, it's done me very right. And it's a really, really simple premise in which you just transfer over a certain percentage of everything that you make during the month. Uh, at the end of that month. Um, and you can play with those numbers. It used to be 50% for me would go, that would be my salary. 50% of everything I made was money for me to spend on like cheese and movies and whatever. Like, yes, those are the things that I spend money on. It's true. So it was no worries. I was able to transfer money over from places that I'd squirreled it away. And then I bumped up my my owner's pay percentage from 50% to 70% last month to uh, refill the coffers and it'll take it'll take another let's say another month uh, for for things to sort of equalize out but yeah just wanted to let you know because I told you about the experiment when I started it and I haven't followed up with you so that's what happened ran out of money and it was okay the end the reason that I find this hilarious um, is because I I think about money and finances, kind of like a game. And I've done this for, I adopted this viewpoint when I was uh, a full-time dancer in San Francisco and I was going to circus school and using all the money I had to pay for private lessons at the circus center. I wasn't enrolled in circus school. I was just training on my own. But that's where all my money was going. And, you know, being a freelance dancer wasn't, you know, the most lucrative career, but it was, of course, the career that I wanted at the time. So uh, I was not complaining, but I, I did need to find a way to view money and finances in such a way that I would not end up having such strong emotional reactions every time I looked at the numbers, because that was just exhausting and 
And so I, I kind of adopted a viewpoint to where I thought of it as a game. Like, ding, look, oh, a gig opportunity came in. That's $350 for standing on a podium for two hours. Ding. And it served me well because it allowed me to divorce my emotional and mental health from the numbers that I saw in my bank account. Like, I know that I'm not going to be you know, destitute. That's not going to happen because I'm not going to let it happen. Uh, I'm just going to think about what needs to be done in order to earn more whenever I need it. And I suppose that that perspective has followed me into adulthood. Uh, and it's, it's healthier for me this way, because it allows me to look at an experiment like this summer and be like, oh, look at that, I ran out of money. Ha 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 ha. Hilarious. Instead of freaking out. Now, I did take action after that, of course, after the results of the experiment came around. Like, all right, what do I need to do? Uh, what's going to serve the rest of the year best? So uh, something that I want to invite you to take away from all of this, because you know i got to work some didactic shit in there. That's what I do. But it's no surprise that uh, the three things that are so deeply ingrained in us and um, are pretty much always a can of worms when you open them, according to how, how you were brought up and your lived experiences, but money, food, and sex, those three things are always loaded. You know, the, the origins of your relationship with money, with food, and with sex go back to the beginning. So there's always things um, to be learned and sifted through, but in regards to one's relationship with money and finances, think about your relationship with that aspect of your life. And I know that that is an aspect in your life because we live now and it's an aspect of everyone's lives. So the, your relationship with money is going to affect you. It can either affect you positively or it can affect you very negatively. And we get to decide, well, we don't get to decide how those relationships were formed um, to a large extent, but we do get to decide how we move forward within that relationship since it's clearly not going anywhere. And the one thing that I have seen that just does not work is avoidance. If we are avoiding investigating the relationship, if we know the relationship with money is not healthy and it is covered with minefields and we avoid it, it is not going to improve. That's just monster making 101, right? If, if something has a power that we don't want it to have and it's not pleasant or pleasurable to look at it, we just avoid it, that's when things become monstrous. And, you know, I'm a big fan of monsters, but that's because I like to get to know them and make friends with them. And you, <laughs> you don't want your relationship with money to be one of the monsters in the closet. So avoidance is not a tactic that I could ever condone or encourage you to use. Now, education in money and in finances and in money management uh, has been very helpful for me. There was a long period of time, even with me thinking about, 
you know, earning an income and paying bills as a sort of a video game in my head. Still, I've been using QuickBooks for years to track my expenses because I'm self-employed. It makes it so much easier at the end of the year when it's time to pay taxes. Everything's already listed already. But I avoided doing QuickBooks for years because it was very intimidating to me. And every time I tried, I'd always come up against questions that I didn't know the answer to. And that made me feel stupid. And that made me just avoid the whole thing. Which meant that at the end of the year, when it was time to pay my taxes, I had a huge mess on my hands. I would have to um, hire someone over the internet uh, to, to help me make sense of the mess of my accounting. And it just didn't make me feel good. And it wasn't about the numbers there, because the numbers were fine. But it still made me feel stupid that I wasn't able to stay on top of it and keep track of things as they were happening. Rather, I avoided it like all year until the last minute. And then it was a big clusterfuck. And you know, you know how that feels. It feels like shit. And the real turning point came when I hired my accountant, Sandy York, and I will put her information in the show notes. I don't know if she's taking new clients or not, but she does offer calls like uh, they're 45 minutes long. She is fantastic. She's so knowledgeable, so cool. She has worked with lots of aerialists, i.e. weirdos. She's not going to be like, oh my God, you make money like that? Ew. No, she's she's awesome. Um, and I had hired her uh, about a year and a half ago and working each month and she would take care of the books. But what I realized I actually wanted was to know how to do it myself. And she was super open to that. And she's like, of course, whatever, whatever you need, like, that's what I'm here for is to give you the experience that you want so that you feel good about managing your money. So we went on to quarterly meetings and now, uh, over the time that elapsed, we would meet and I'd ask her my questions and I started learning until it became really easy for me. And now I look forward to it. Oh God. Yeah, I hear how that sounds, but honestly, it's true. I look forward to it on Friday. I do my accounting. I go into QuickBooks. I categorize everything. And at the end of the month, I run my numbers and I do the profit first so that I can pay myself so that I can reserve money away into a tax account, blah, blah, blah. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it because now I know what I'm doing. And knowing what you're doing and feeling like you are educated, it just feels so good, especially compared to all of those years I spent being intimidated by it, um, feeling like I was stupid uh, or that I couldn't quite grasp it. I feel so much better doing it now. My relationship with money and with finances and with accounting <laughs> has much improved because now I know what to do. And if I have a question, I have my quarterly meetings with Sandy. So avoidance didn't do a single positive thing for me. It didn't even make me feel better in the moment because I knew that I was still avoiding it. So avoidance, not the way to go. Like, just don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, And that means doing something else. And the doing something else is often self-education. Getting that education from a trusted source and empowering yourself to be able to handle your money shit. It's powerful for 
creative people to feel empowered around managing their money. It's a massive force in the world. I've seen it in action. An artist or creative entrepreneur who has a handle on their money situation, regardless of what those numbers are, but they, they know what they're doing, is an artist who is not afraid to participate in the world in a real way. And that is a world I want to live in more. There's this whole dichotomy that I see culturally between, you know, left and right brained people, like the creative people are like, I don't want to do admin, I don't want to do accounting because I'm an artist and I have like all these massive creative thoughts. And that is true. You do. That doesn't make you a different species from uh, people who love numbers uh, and people who live for the spreadsheet and like, I don't know, I clearly belong to the first camp, so I don't know how to describe this other way of being. But it's not that different, is my point. Like, if someone came to me and they said, I don't think I have a creative bone in my body, I'd say, respectfully, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. The same way artists come to me and they say, I I have no idea how to manage money, I don't want to think about it, I don't want to do anything about it, Uh, Because I'm not able, I'm like, respectfully, I have to disagree. You are competent. You contain multitudes, and this too, you can develop an understanding of. Not for any other reason, but that it will improve your life, and it will make you feel stronger to know what the fuck is up with your money. And when creative people feel emboldened, like that and they feel like they do have a handle on their money and they do know how to manage it regardless of what the numbers are then they are way more confident in participating in the world in really real ways and strategic ways on purpose and that's what I like to see I'm looking at the time I have climbed up on my soapbox now for 22 minutes so I think I'm going to climb back down now I want to thank you for being here and letting me talk into your ear Um, about a subject that no one asked for, by the way, but I just wanted to update you because I told you about the experiment in the first place. This is going to be airing on Wednesday, October 4th. Yes, October 4th, which means that Friday, for patrons only, applications for Creatrix are going live. I'm only going to put that link in the Patreon for the first week, and then applications will go public the following Friday, October 13th. (sighs) Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to my patrons for making this possible and so many other things possible. Happy October. Happy spooky season. Check the show notes for any links that I've mentioned or any resources that you're interested in following up on. And if there is something in your life that you're avoiding, whether it's money or something else, goddess speed as you rip off that band-aid and just find out what you need to find out in order to feel empowered for yourself. Don't go back to sleep.